we're seeing brands who are getting rid of their entire film or their creative department and they're transferring them into media buying for ads. And now what are they using for the ads? They're using user-generated content. They've got somebody, an influencer or an affiliate or whatever, who's taking video from their iPhone mm-hmm. and posting it. And they're using that for an ad. And that ad is getting more conversion than any full production piece would ever do. Hey there, and welcome to Headway, a podcast by Catapult Lakeland, where entrepreneurs share practical tools and insights so that you can continue to generate ideas and innovate as you move your startup forward. My name is Kristen Strabridge, and I get to work at Catapult, an entrepreneur center in Lakeland, Florida, that exists to foster the growth of startups by providing education, resources, and space. Today, I got to sit down and chat with Chase Selmeyer. As an overall forward thinker with over a decade of marketing experience, it's not hard to tell that Chase loves trying new things and that serves him really well when it comes to business. Our conversation kind of goes a few different directions, but I loved getting to learn from Chase about his introduction to entrepreneurship and how graduating during the 2008 recession pushed him to start his own venture. We also dive more into his expertise and how you can start using user-generated content today to drive your sales. And of course, we'll end up getting to some of his book and podcast recommendations. But before we get to that, let's dive into the beginning of this conversation with Chase from Kinga Marketing. We are here with Chase Selmeyer. You got it, Chase Selmeyer. Perfect. From Kinga Marketing. You got that right too. Wow. Okay, good? two for two. Two for two. This is good. I needed to get rolling. <laughs> yeah. Can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your company, and how that journey got started for you? Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me in. First time doing a show in this cool little podcast room you got here. And I hope you don't regret this. Um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> me but, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shit. Well, so I guess we talked a little bit about entrepreneurship. Gosh, that started for me at a young age. Doing on the golf course near my house. I was selling uh, lemonade creepy crawlers. I don't know if you remember those things. I don't. Oh my gosh, I'm dating myself. Anybody <laughs> over 30 probably knows a creepy crawler, but it's like a, a little at-home oven that you put this plastic mold in and you create these little plastic toys out of. And then my sister and I would dive through all the lakes and the ponds and the rivers and find golf balls and clean them up and resell them to the golfers. So Nice. And I can't tell you how many times I had a golfer come by and be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is my ball I lost last <laughs> week. I'm like, yeah, man, it's 50 cents. Get you know, it over. So... But yeah, entrepreneurship was always a thing. Like, my dad was an airline pilot for Continental Airlines for 38 years. My mom was in sales. She was always super supportive in, like, helping us start and try and make our own money. And so that was always cool. Fast forward, I mean, all sorts of small businesses. I ran a wakeboard school because I love wakeboarding, and I teach people on the weekends. I remember probably one of the crazier stories was in high school. I went to a Catholic private school in New Jersey, and my dad being the airline pilot for Continental, he was traveling over to China a bunch. And wow. he'd gone to Shenzhen. And if anybody's in product development or anything, you got an Apple, iMac, whatever. It all comes from Shenzhen. And it's just insane the amount of products they have over there. Hmm. So he comes back one day, walks in the house. He's got a bag full of, like, knockoff DVDs, some knockoff purses, a couple knockoff Rolexes. And shows them to me. He's like, hey, we're going back in two weeks. Get ready. So that next week, I show up at school with a uh, little receipt pad. And I start selling DVDs purses and rolexes mm-hmm. i didn't even have them i'm just showing them like hey this kind of what it looks like so i'm selling all this and i'm pre-selling it because i didn't have any product and it was 50 percent down i think i was selling for like 30 bucks or something and by the end of that week i had like 800 in cash <laughs> and i had this spanish teacher who just hated me 
And she's walking by me one day. I'm in my locker, like, counting cash. <laughs> just <laughs> ridiculous. And she just stops, and she goes, Mr. Selmeyer, what are you doing? And I go, I, yeah, I'm, I got a business in school. And she's like, you're a drug dealer, and, like, takes the money. Ooh. Takes it to the office. And I'm like, holy shit, like, I've got 800 bucks of other people's cash. I got to get to China to, <laughs> to get this stuff. And long story short, my mom comes in, and she's like, you're disrupting Chase's entrepreneurial spirit. How dare <laughs> oh. you, da-da-da. And I got my money back. And so that was a Friday afternoon. We fly out to China the next day. I go out there and I just buy. Looking back now, you know, I've gotten into drop shipping. I've done the sourcing of products from China, all sorts of different things. And looking back, I'm like, man, like I could have had that Alibaba idea or that drop shipping website idea, but it wasn't kind of there. So not to beat myself up or anything, but it's just kind of funny because you think about opportunity you had at one point right. and how to kind of take advantage of that for the future. But I feel like we all fall into things because we're meant to. So anyway, so I get through kind of that. I'm doing stuff in college. I'm doing different events. I'm throwing parties. And so I started my marketing company at Florida Southern my uh, senior year. We had that capstone marketing class where mm -hmm. they do all sorts of stuff. I'm the advertising director. We win the national contest for it. And it was for Chevrolet. Dang. And gosh, I just, as a young kid, like anybody listening that's young and in school or like entrepreneur getting out to look for business. Like, I just remember, like, oh, I'm going to be retired by the time I'm 33 or 30 years old. I'm going to be living on an island somewhere. <laughs> you have so much drive and, like, nothing can stop you at that age, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. getting out of school, 08, you know, the economy was tanking. People mm -hmm. were having a really hard time getting jobs. And I remember it was, like, really, I go and interview at really cool agencies or marketing companies I wanted to work with. And, like, VPs were taking pay cuts. and Everybody was just, like, bootstrapping as hard as they could. You know, we're doing this kind of marketing. I'm trying to find a job. And I just started doing my own stuff and started bringing on other clients, would work with um, other designers and people to bring them in. And long story short, we created Kanga, which was founded as an action sport and lifestyle brand marketing agency. So we, and I say action sports because in lifestyle, because I'm really involved in the action sports realm. I've, you know, participated in all sorts of crazy sports. I'm always jumping off the highest thing into something. And it was kind of fun, you know, and been around Surf Expo in the industry for so long that my kind of ability to brand products that were relevant within these industries kind of it made sense you know mm -hmm. i wasn't like an outsider looking in trying to make a cool video or make a cool graphic or brand i've been involved with this stuff for so long it kind of it kind of just fit really well and you know, that's kind of where we came from that's super cool kind of every entrepreneurial journey i think there's just like a lot of lessons and failures and successes and all over the spectrum could you just tell us a little bit about some of the lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur yeah for sure i mean i think like I said, coming out of school, we're all just so gun ho and we think we're going to be the next millionaire. And, you know, it's not wrong to think that way. I think my issue there was I didn't have the processes or the, the you know, I had the mindset. I definitely thought I was going to be successful one mm -hmm. way or another. I got really involved out of college with the city of Lakeland, the Chamber of Commerce. You know, God mm -hmm. bless the Chamber of Commerce. Kathleen Munson back in the day helped me so much. Jackie Johnson. They introduced me to some of the coolest people in town. Mm -hmm. You know, not the coolest, but the people like movers and shakers, you know. Yep. And this is before um, even Catapult was conceived. You know, they're, they're trying to find ways to keep young people involved in Lakeland. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like as, a, as an action sport athlete, as a competitive wakeboard, I got to see what the industry was like there. Now out of college, being involved with the city, I'm hanging around with people that are older than me, understand they've been around this town for a longer time. They kind of mm -hmm. know the ins and outs. So I worked with LEDC as well um, and IDEO when they came in and they kind of proposed this whole idea for what Catapult could be. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of cool, like, just seeing all this stuff happen, but at the same time being involved in it. Gosh, I was out of college and it was like, I would go to these meetings and I felt like I didn't have 
the portfolio to kind of back it up. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, people would see a video or they'd seen some marketing design or whatever, but they're like, I think it was just my inside, like my own mindset of the way I felt about myself. Like I'm such a creative that I need to have everything perfect mm-hmm. off the bat. Like it mm-hmm. needs to present well, like a brochure, a flyer, a business card, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I spent so much time trying to like build that stuff up, but it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, like you're already doing something that's more progressive than what they're used to. Right. And so, yeah, you might not have the experience. You know, that was kind of a hard thing to figure out of like, okay, how do I navigate this? Not only in finding new clients, but working with these organizations to kind of create cool content that matters and is going to drive a, a response that they're looking for. So probably one of my hardest things there was like, one, you're never going to be ready. Just get out and do it. Like nothing's going to be perfect. You're your own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Thank God for deadlines because I would get nothing done because I'm going to sit there and edit it mm-hmm. over and over and over again and drive you crazy. You're probably the same way. Like, you I know, am, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you just got to say, you know, F it. I'm going to do this and I'm going to put it out there because I got something else to do. Also, you know, I've come across some crazy people in business. And when you're young and hungry and you have that kind of drive, other people see that and they want to like latch onto it. They're just kind of stale or stagnant, you know, and so they'll see this and they get all excited and man, like you can become their best friend, their business partner, whatever. And I'll tell you one of my very first kind of mentors and business partners, which is a crazy story too, because this guy was one of my dad's oldest friends. And Mm. I mean, he did uh, all sorts of things from law stuff for small businesses to trademarking to patents and all sorts of stuff. And I remember I got in bed with him figuratively (laughs) because I had a client who was an inventor and we were trying to get a patent and all these things. And, and it kind of went over fine, you know, but I just remember my mom was always like, Chase, I don't trust that guy. You know, his name was Jerry. Uh, and I call him coattail Jerry. And this is just the type of person you come across in life and in business. Jerry, at one point I was trying to do a, uh, open up a wakeboard park with the County and I was doing this kind of on my own. And Jerry tried to sue me because he wasn't tied in with my business license on that deal. And I go, holy crap, man, this is a guy who's my mentor, a business partner, like somebody who's supposed to have my back. Yeah. And now he's threatening to sue me. And, like, it, it flipped a switch from zero to 100, like, overnight. Like, I was getting these legal letters that I had no understanding of what they were. And, you know, he's been this stuff his whole life. Right. So he knows what to say to kind of scare me, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have a foot to stand on. He knew it. But, like, he wants to hold mm-hmm. on to your coattail and get as far as he can with you mm-hmm. because, you know, he's kind of at the end of his success period. Um, another thing I've come across, I call them the buddy bees. These are the types of people that talk to him and they, they'll be your best friend. They want to do business with you. But maybe when it comes down to putting a contract together, they're the kind of person that's like, oh, man, I've never needed a contract before. Nobody needs a contract with me. I'm an honest Dave. I'm a good guy, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, you know, everything's fine. But then when it comes down to money, you're the one getting, you know, screwed on the back end. So, you know, I've had things like that happen before me. Gosh, we got the tricky Tonys. <laughs> a tricky Tony would be somebody that you decide to kind of bring into your fold and teach them things because you need extra help. So I need extra help with some video or so I had, had somebody coming along all these video shoots with me, and I was kind of mentoring and mentoring him. Next thing I turn around, he's undercutting me on all my jobs that I'm proposing. Or he's going to old clients of mine saying, hey, I can do what Chase is doing for you for, for cheaper. Oh, goodness. I mean, how do you deal with something like that? So you just get him out of your life and say, all right, good luck, you know. And, and then you have your sharks, which, to be honest, a shark's probably the, the best person not necessarily to work with, but that's the type of person that's going to be up front with you. You'll kind of recognize off the bat that that's who that person is. And you should be on guard. You know, a shark would be somebody that when you go into the negotiating room and they say, you know, this is what I'm going to take. This is how much I'm going to own. Uh, this is what I expect. And you're like, that's, uh, that's a little sharky of you. But, hey, at least I know that mm-hmm. you're in front of me. I could know that this is the guy that could potentially bite my face off. 
and I'd much rather deal with a shark than a, a buddy bee who I feel like I'm best friends with for a while. And yeah. then they're kind of throwing you under the bus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's just a few kind of like the people I've kind of dealt with and a few lessons I've learned over time. This isn't to say that you shouldn't be collaborating with people. And that's exactly why I'm here at Catapult, to work with other people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the people that come in this, this location specifically are, for the most part, very good mindset, mm-hmm. driven, mm-hmm. working on their kind of own deal. And they're happy to work with you. But everybody here, I feel like, has a, a good bone in their body. Do you have any, like, just quick tips that you could think of on how to maybe recognize some of those people before somebody gets burned you know my biggest tip would be if you take your time you know we're all on our own journey here and, and that's something that's taken me a long time to learn because as a creative and as an entrepreneur and especially as a business owner who loves working with startup businesses it's so easy to look at what somebody's doing and be like damn i want to jump in on that i want to mm-hmm. do that like that is really cool like but realistically like is that your journey is that like the path that you're meant to go down like, I'm working on a project right now. I told myself last year after this one incident I had with a, a – I moved in my company in with a client hoping that we would kind of partner together and I would gain equity in it. Mm-hmm. When they backtrack on that, I was like, well, there's no point in me sticking around. I saw what a bad partnership they had going on. Right. You know, we had one owner, 50-50 partners, one owner doing like 90% of the work, the other doing 5% of it, 4% of it poorly, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's stuck in that. It's a marriage. It's a bad marriage. They can't get out of you know. So I told myself, man, I'm never going to get a partnership again. Well, I'm working on a 50-50 partnership right now. Uh, I'm nervous about it, but at the same time, I'm also making sure I'm covered. So I'm making mm-hmm. sure that I know what I want to own in the company. I, we have an out clause, an exit, you know, an exit clause in that, a buyout policy, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it makes me nervous, but at the same time, I also am trying to cover my bases more. I'm doing that at the beginning. You know, take your time, uh, spend spend that extra time at the beginning to kind of set up the process, set up what that, that agreement looks like. And even just being in an environment such as Catapult or in Lakeland. You know, word spreads quick of who does bad business. Mm-hmm. And so if you just do a little talking to some people, oh, what do you think about so-and-so? Like, you know, that kind of stuff would help. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think what's cool is, like, I hear you saying you have, you know, you've encountered these, I wrote them down, Coattail, Jerry's, Buddy Bees, Tricky Tonys, and whatever. But that that experience has made you more aware, but it also hasn't made you stop collaborating with people, which I think is a really good takeaway because – I mean, like it or not, like bad things are going to happen, Totally. but you can learn from it and not just have to like cut it out of your life entirely. Yeah. I think it's easy for people to kind of just blame themselves for that kind of stuff. Like I blame myself for years for, mm-hmm. you know, screwing up this wakeboard park deal or even just the internal dialogue you have with yourself, the negativity that can come along with that. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the day, you just got to say, you know, F it, I'm done. Like I'm moving on. Well, thanks for sharing those lessons. Um, I think that was super helpful. Yeah, not the wine too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, it's great. Like I said, you might regret this episode. <laughs> Whatever. So, okay, diving into kind of like some of your expertise and what you work on. Over the last few years, there has been, I would say, a major shift in video production for ads. So can you kind of explain what's been happening and why you think that is? Yeah, so this is a crazy little topic I'm pretty excited to talk about because, gosh, I grew up with a little high eight, little camcorder. I mean, I loved making videos. I never went to film school, have no really clue, like, what you call people on set even to this mm-hmm. day. And it was just kind of a natural thing, like, you know, plug and play, try things, try, to try this, try that. But when I started making money doing it, you know, that was 2003. All of a sudden, we have clients who are kind of reaching out to us to do product videos for... Um, you know, their clothing, their apparel, their sunglasses, watch companies, all, all the way up till 2010, 2012. And we're doing this like long format style where 
And I remember I thought it was so cool how in these videos and people would watch them because, you know, YouTube was kind of coming out. We didn't really have Instagram. We did the short form stuff. But I always thought it was so cool when I'd start watching a video and the logo mm -hmm. B-roll or pre-roll at the beginning mm -hmm. of the video. It's like, this video is brought to you by mm -hmm. Hyperlight Wakeboards, Mastercraft. I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool for me to like go put those in my videos. And so nowadays you can't get a logo pre-roll in a video. Like there's no time. Yeah. There's no Everybody time. Everybody would be gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because our pre-roll lasts like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. What's changed a lot in video and in how it's used is the content obviously is so much shorter. It has to be more direct. But not only that, like we're seeing brands who are – getting rid of their entire film or their creative department and they're transferring them into media buying for ads. And now what are they using for the ads? They're using user generated content. They've got somebody, an influencer or an affiliate or whatever, who's taking video from their iPhone mm -hmm. and posting it. And they're using that for an ad. And that ad is getting more conversion than any full production piece would ever do. Mm -hmm. Now, not to say that, you don't need produced videos. You know, if you have a, an e-commerce brand, for instance, and you're trying to do explanation tutorials on how to use the product and, you know, it's in-depth thing. And yeah, it's great for the product side. But if you're using, you know, long format videos that aren't necessarily even UGC nowadays from an advertising standpoint, I think you're missing the ball because it's amazing how these things are converting now simply because it's kind of like your buddy telling you it. Or this mm -hmm. influencer that's telling mm -hmm. you it, you know? So that's been kind of crazy. But yeah, UGC stuff, definitely, if you have an e-commerce brand or you're trying to advertise a product online, looking at kind of those people within your environment that are using your product. Uh, my sister just launched a, um, a product called GoCore, and it's like a, a wearable phone case type thing. And she literally launched that brand off the backs of affiliates and influencers sending her content. That's what blows me away now is, and I'm thinking about this this weekend as I'm building another brand and another website for myself. But it's just insane how much you can get done nowadays for free or for at a very low cost to kind of test or see if a product or a, an idea works. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is, you know, you can jump online. You can buy a very cheap domain. You can use a free website builder. You can build your own website. There's so many plugins. There's scheduling apps. I mean, I, I've never been able to do stuff so fast. The thing mm -hmm. that's not working as fast is my computer. My computer's slower than my brain <laughs> thinks, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a place where you can come up with a concept, sell it before you even have product, do a pre-sale, whatever, um, do email marketing, have all that stuff optimized and running on its own. And then before you know it, you actually got cash coming into your bank account. Like, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm just really excited about that. I know it's a little off, off topic, but. No, that's cool. I mean, it's fun to hear that, like, that's who you are is you come up with a lot of different ideas and you try them and you do them and you've been doing it for a long time. So you can say with certainty, like this is a really good time to test things out, you know? Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I really don't. I just, I just kind of throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And, and exactly kind of what you said, like, it's so funny and we're going to talk about kind of books and things, but I remember reading this one book called the one and it was like about focusing on one thing and doing that really good. Mm -hmm. And I believed in that, but my mind just doesn't work that way. Right. You know, like I, I could bounce around and get excited about other people's projects. So I want to jump on board with them. Mm -hmm. And I always got to go back to thinking like we're all on our own journey, you know, focus on what you want to do. And if this other stuff kind of makes it way into your circle or into your workflow or into your life, take advantage of it. 
but don't force it. You know, I love that book, The One, because it really focused like focus on one thing, but like I said, I can't do that. <laughs> and so I think another rule that I'm kind of trying to come by is like I want to have at least three companies that I'm working on at a time. Now, not necessarily, I'm not starting three companies at, on the right, same right, day, right. but, you know, it's easy for people to want to jump in the business just to be in business. I look at it as like, okay, how can I scale it? You know, is it e-commerce? Great. Well, if it's e-commerce, I'm going to have to be feeding the pig. That being Facebook and Instagram, I'm going to be paying a lot of money to get in front of people to sell a widget. Mm-hmm. On this road trip, I spent the whole time literally thinking about different products and ideas I want to do. And, and it came back to like, look, I don't want to be feeding the pig. I don't want to be cre- creating or finding user-generated content. So I want to create a, create a product that can be used by a company. So it kind of goes back to that, like selling uh, the miners, the pickaxes, you know, like mm-hmm. the people back in the day who were coming across the United States and looking for gold, the gold miners didn't make all the money. The people who were selling the, the Levi's and the, the carts and the pickaxes, like those are the people who are killing it, you know? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. Honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, if you're looking at an industry or product, and that's not from me, I, I got that from Nathan Latka, but um, if you think about a product, and when I, I, I do this a lot when I'm talking to new business owners, but um, somebody came to me and they say, oh, I want to start a clothing company. I go, damn, why the hell would you want to start a clothing company? <laughs> and you know, But if you do, there's a way to go out there and test it without ever having to have inventory on your own. You can get on Teespring and create a thousand designs and start selling them you know, via Facebook and Instagram and trying that, but going back to selling miners pickaxes, what kind of system or product can you create that's maybe supporting another major product or another major push in an industry? You know, mm-hmm. you know, podcasting, like here, we got microphones, we got stands. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people out there now podcasting, they see it one time, they, they might want it. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what I think about when I'm trying to look at these new businesses and how they kind of relate to my end goal of creating them and also making them um, last <laughs> relatively a, a good time until we can cash out yeah no that's super interesting and i just think good for people to think about as they're starting businesses overall and i like what you said about the book the one because i think there are like books that people read and things that people will talk about and it'll be a system that works really well for someone but then we take it as if it should work for all of us when you were like i think that's a great idea but for me it's 3 like i need to be focusing on 3 things yeah so kind of like thinking creatively and how does that ap- apply to my life is super important want to let you change a little bit too i, I wouldn't recommend to everybody i don't know if everybody can kind of deal with that mhm yeah yeah i have one more thing kind of like hopping back to the user generated content and stuff practically for a small business owner what are like some steps that they can take to start utilizing that now? I was kind of like doing some research and I just, the stats about it are kind of, they're crazy. Yeah. They're off the charts. Like one I have here is on video platforms like YouTube, UGC fan videos get 10 times more views wow. than brand content. And then like 45% of people watch over an hour of Facebook or YouTube videos every single week. Like that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Same. I was like, sometimes those Facebook videos (laughs) when they just start scrolling to the next one. But that's like a powerful audience that I think people need to be taking advantage of. Yeah, it's huge. I think this kind of goes even back into when you're thinking about starting a company. But one of the big things I've kind of looked at, and I hate to say this, but copy your competitors. So it's really hard to start something that's a mm-hmm. new widget, you know, that nobody's come up with. Because now you got educated market and all that stuff. So, you know, do what your competitors are doing, but do it better. So if you see your competitors using X amount of influencers of these types of people, find people within the same kind of grouping of them. 
You know, my sister, she reaches out to probably 25 influencers every couple of days and talks about her product. And then they're sending her. And it was crazy because I mean, when she started talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, pay him like 20 bucks or whatever. She's not paying him shit. Like she's sending him a free, free piece of product. Really? <laughs> and, and they are sending her the best videos and like pictures and stuff. So you just got to ask, you know, I think putting that kind of like little template together of what your message is and what your, what your goal is and just a couple sentences and start DMing people and getting kind of that information out there. Um, and not to say these big production companies that are around aren't doing good mm-hmm. because yeah, that's definitely needed. I think a lot of these big film production companies who were doing major ads and stuff are even going to Netflix and Hulu mm-hmm. and creating their series. You know, mm-hmm. they've got the equipment, but the fact that I can rely on somebody with an iPhone to generate content that is um that's generating sales is unreal so i just wonder where we go from here i I don't know okay so you've had throughout your career it just seems like you're always trying new things you're always learning um you've already mentioned a book or two but can you tell us a little bit about like what books or podcasts you would recommend to other entrepreneurs yeah so uh, the one was a really cool read i thought that was just good just because i was at that time where i didn't know which direction i was going i really can't remember the name of the artist, the, the author on that one, but it's the one. Um, Millionaire Fastlane is one I recently read that I actually want to go back and reread. And it's not like how to become a millionaire overnight, but they talk about they have uh, people who are sidewalkers and the people in the fast lane. And the sidewalkers mm-hmm. are the ones who are putting everything on credit and and they're living for the weekend and mm-hmm. you know they're really not kind of focused on tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know. And then yeah, fast yeah. laners are obviously putting all these kind of steps in place to. To kind of get there. And that's kind of a cool one, just kind of feel where you might fit in. Right. Like, yeah, maybe I'm here. Maybe I'm down here on the sidewalk, but I want to be up here in the fast lane. Like, mm-hmm. that was a cool one. Any of the Seth Godin books as a marketer. Love Seth Godin. Yep. Um, Tribes is a cool one. Tribes, yeah. Um, my favorite book, probably the one that well, I think everybody says this, and it's changed so much, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, really mm-hmm. got into that one right out of college, and that was kind of the one that caused me to want to start my company. Mm-hmm. Um, a fun one I always just thought was a cool one was Tommy Land. That was uh, Tommy Lee's video, the mm-hmm. drummer for Motley mm-hmm. Crue. Mm-hmm. Talks about a little crazy partying. And then, yeah, just one I'm reading right now, I'm almost done with, is uh, The United States of Trump. That's by Bill O'Reilly. Um, he's a, such a historian and um, knowledgeable guy that it's been an interesting read. Um, same thing with podcasts. I listen to him a lot, Bill O'Reilly. Um, and uh, Art of Charm, really cool mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring on all sorts of people from ex-CIA um, agents to entrepreneurs to big business owners. And then the drama from the reality TV show, Fantasy Factory, Rob Beardick's cousin. He's got a show, a uh, short story long. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig that one. Yeah, I think that's what I got right now on the on the pod. And then, of course, your show, which is awesome. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. And then what? tell us about your podcast. So Chasing Independence, I interview uh, professional action sport athletes who have gone on and started their own companies or brands or foundations. And the whole goal is to try to tie in the similarities between a high-performing action sport athlete and a business owner. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, and it ties in well, I think, with the audience that we have of entrepreneurs and trying to learn. And you're talking to people who have been doing that. So I definitely recommend people check it out. Uh, well, Chase, thanks for agreeing to do this. Oh, thanks for coming in and fun. talking. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Hope y'all didn't hate too much. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> C- catch me around Catapult. Thanks so much for tuning in to this conversation with Chase Selmeyer from Kanga Marketing. I think I can officially say that I do not regret asking Chase to be on the podcast, for the record. 
We will link out to all the books and podcasts that he recommended, as well as his own website so that you can reach out to Chase if you'd like to learn more about what he's doing. You can find all of that in the show notes, which can be found at catapultlakeland.com forward slash podcast. And remember, if you're getting started in your entrepreneurial journey or you're looking to start a new venture, don't forget these lessons from Chase. Take your time when considering partners and set up the systems on the front end. Think about what product or service you can offer that might support a major push in an industry like the miners with their pickaxes. And remember, there are tons of cheap ways to test your ideas before you go all in. I also encourage you to start thinking about how you can use user-generated content from others to share about your brand, your products and services. It's an awesome way for people to learn about you from others that they might already trust. Other than that, we'll be back with more conversations with other entrepreneurs, but until then, keep making headway.